another episode of Block Talk, presented by Here in the Now. I'm your host, as always, Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out, and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, become a sponsor, or do all the above. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The only thing more annoying than sea shanties is a bullshit extermination challenge. And guess which one we just witnessed? The ghosts of the sea took over Dragula as the Boulets gave us another cop-out of an elimination. But hey, there was no shortage of drama. It's time to talk all things Dragula 4, and joining me are the ghosts of my past, Seraphim and Nancy No Good. Hello! Hi! Yeah, what an episode. What a time to be alive. I mean, I think... Just right off the bat, I mean, they do they do a, a seaside uh, elimination or extermination almost annually. They did it in season one, I think, with like Frankie Doom. I think I remember they had this like big like seaside. Exter- was that a? Ch- it was either a challenge. No, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. They lost oh, yeah. and got a free yeah. photo shoot. They lost and got a free photo shoot. That is what happened on the TV show. We have seen Drag Race submerge people in water. They didn't even go underwater. And Well, it was like, it reminds me of um, every time they do the annual, like, tattoo extermination. I was like, eh, I wouldn't be mad. Like, whatever. It's kind of a fun thing to do. Like, I feel like it would be different if they had, if they, like, couldn't decide where it went or whatever. But, eh. I have my theories, and we'll get to it when we get to the extermination, but speaking of tattoos, I had a weird dream last night that I got a tattoo. I don't have any tattoos, but I was like, okay, maybe maybe I should get one. Could be a sign. And, and you're both here. You both have lots of tattoos. <laughs> Could be a sign for you. So how many do you each have? I only have two so far. And I'm okay, getting, I have okay. plans for more, um, but yeah, I only have two so far. And Sarah, from what are you at? I'm like around 23. <laughs> and saints at what a million at this point yeah (laughs) all right well first off two weeks in a row the episode arrived on time finally the little gay internet shutter is doing their job properly (laughs) Uh, we are not waiting anymore there's no more bitching on uh social media about the episode arriving on time but you best you believe there is bitching about certain queens um about on social media um Zavaleta was doing so well, and she just ruined it again this week. Reddit I mean, was not having, a, was not enjoying her. She makes good TV. She makes good TV. Absolutely. Every single Absolutely. time. I I have zero qualms about Zavaleta this entire season. I'm honestly like, good for you. This is going to keep you in. Yeah, she's doing, I'm obsessed. I think she's doing great. Yeah. As, as someone said recently, Dragula season four is not making a great name for Brooklyn Drag. <laughs> I, mean, I, I would say too yeah i think it's making a great name for brooklyn drag i think it's like showing the world how uh, what i mean brooklyn drag is i would also say it really shows you i mean and also specific people in brooklyn drag and less of a generalization too um yeah. but we'll get there we'll get there yeah 
All right, let's start off with the opening moving uh, movie. We are probably on the same beach that is probably the same one that we saw for the Nesferatu beach party. Anyway, we got like a spooky girl that sounds vaguely like Sigourney Beaver doing a voiceover. Um, <laughs> the second she said magical shell, I zoned out. We were doing so well with these movies and now two in a row, back-to-back flops. What, why? <sighs> why? I, mean, I just don't think they're ever good. So I'm like, it's... <laughs> It's what we have to endure to like yeah. watch the show that we like. I, mm-hmm. I, I I'm really into. I don't I don't mind them. I think they're fun. I I definitely liked the last one. This one I think I like how these past couple have tied together the first and the last one more specifically, and they were less mm-hmm. disjointed. Um, so I really appreciate that and. But it's definitely a departure from season three, which was more like this kind of like through line of like the boules is like serial killers. Mm-hmm. And in this one, in this one, they're more like these like ancient primordial beings, which I guess, you know, give or take what either works. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think they're fun. I think they're campy and dumb and ridiculous. And I, I mean, I just, I love that they keep, I will say this, I wish the death um, was a little more gruesome, this death in particular. Yeah, and we'll, we'll definitely discuss it because it was, um, yeah, well. Anyway, yeah. we watch this guy, he picks up a shell, and then suddenly we have the boules coming out of the water looking like ghosts. So I need to ask, was that shell really just a shell phone? Cue the laughter because no one else is doing it. Yep. Yeah, ah. I just did. I just said it. I just said it. I just said it. <laughs> oh, it's been a long year of drag. It, we're, 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 my puns, they're, they're terrible. That's all I got for this movie. It was, it was bad. <laughs> it, it, was, it was that it, bad. I feel like, yeah, I'm interested to see what we get for the rest of the season because it feels a little, a, a little um, similar. I, I, I appreciate that we're tying it into the theme of the episode. So at least each episode, feels contained but mm-hmm. yeah i just i just need either production value or the storytelling something needs to be amped up a little better or maybe they need to hire other writers not just themselves just, just i mean a, just I, an idea I, I love the production value i'm interested in seeing this actually take more more precedence on the show i'm really in in like because i think that's this story to i mean we all know the storytelling format is what makes the show so unique so, mm-hmm. um, or one of the things, of course. So I'm really, I would love to see it more like woven through the episode. I don't know how okay. that would be possible, but I think that weaving it through the episode would make it just more exciting and, and blurring the lines between reality TV and like genre. And that, that, that's kind of how Resurrection was. Cause you, you had that blend totally. of documentary, reality TV and, and storytelling through horror fiction so and that was that extermination was beautiful like it was really well done beautiful yeah it was so pretty yeah well speaking of exterminations let's move on to the boudoir where there are goodies for the monsters uh maybe i don't know maybe they're just product placement did they get to keep the stuff or was it just set dressing anyway it was a bunch of merch from fangoria um are either of you familiar with fangoria no. Yeah, I have my copy of a couple months ago right here. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it does exist. Oh my god. Oh, I've since, I've I've been subscribed to Fangoria for years, for years now. Yeah. Um, but I have I gotta say it when Zavaletta said 
Fangoria is good. It's the fucking horror Bible. I knew that was what the producers told them to say. Like maybe Dolly knew what it was and the others were just putting on their acting chops to get through this. Also conspiracy theory. This was only here because they needed content for the scene because they knew they were not going to get any drama from these four. Oh yeah. They, they, yeah, that was absolutely what it was. They and, needed and, content. Well, like this is what's interesting with Fangoria. Just like, really quickly so fangoria was uh, i mean it's like one of the like staples of horror magazines and then they because of the the fall of magazines with the rise of the internet they went out of print and then a couple of years ago they were bought by this dallas company this dallas-based company who was resurrecting the brand but they were also resurrecting the brand with another label that was super right-wing and also the ceo of that brand or the CEO of the company that bought Fangoria was like a sexual, had sexual assault charges on him and like did not, I mean, it was a whole thing. So then like right at the top of the pandemic, people thought that Fangoria was going to shut down or like right before it and they were gonna shut down again, but then they were repurchased. So like what we're seeing now is this like kind of like re-resurrection resurrection of Fangoria and they're like, fueling they've done a slew of more into like queer horror specifically like there was a whole cover story on the boulets they're creating a queer horror documentary right now like they're it's very interesting to see the direction that fangoria is going in and i, I think it's awesome but also zavaletta can't act and that was like so fed to her <laughs> yeah it, it, it was it was rough it was rough well yeah. they literally are speculating why it's there and it just really is product placement but Zava does congrats, congratulate Daddy Dolly for the win. Um, and Dolly says that it was a group effort. How pageanty of an answer. How pageanty. Zane mm-hmm. is going to ask how they feel about the judging. She is getting lukewarm reviews on her looks. And Zava offers her her heels as we get a flashback to Saint wearing only biscuit heels. This is now the third instance this season of the Boulets disliking a certain shoe. What is it with shoes? I mean, they gotta hate something, I guess. <laughs> How important are shoes to your drag aesthetics? It's low. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, I always say, like, are white, then I'm like, fine. <laughs> oh, I, I, I have like three different pairs of the same black pump. Like I'm like the worst with shoes. I feel like only this year I have, I have reached out for like, a red pair. I'm like so wow. bad about shoes. Truly, I need to get better at it because it definitely like, it can, I mean, it can make or break a look. I don't know as severely as their hatred of those like club kid shoes, but I don't know. The people that are into shoes are like very into shoes and they're like totally. the first thing that like they notice on anybody. Like I feel like Violet Chachki is like very into shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's that kind of like very intense energy of just like garbage. <laughs> so I mean, it, it, sometimes trash. it really, sometimes it really can make or break a look. If if you just put on a random heel that isn't just there, it, it could ruin things. But I hey. always think of I always think of um, Cameron Michaels season ten promo look. I think it was the Tudor boot like fashion photo review that they did of this from, I think, or maybe it was Race Chaser. Regardless, um, her look, because that that theme for that year was all like bright, flashy neon colors. And she mm-hmm. had a like all flashy, colorful outfit, except for she wore black pumps with the whole thing. And like, 
I think it was, I think it was, well, someone just like read her for the fact that she had this colorful neon outfit except for black pumps. And I was like, that's literally me every time I need another pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I get it. Well, Saint says she won resurrection. People are expecting her to do well and she's frustrated. They discuss the bottoms and they agree that Sigourney will come back. But before we get any discussion, Jade is back. Rolls. We got it. We got Jade to say it. You got them, Jade. She said back rolls. Season's over. Jade, you can go home. We're good. We got we got the catchphrase. <laughs> At least she le- leaned into it. She had to do it, right? They had to. Oh, yeah. Point. She probably was like, I... you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, she probably was like, you know what? If it's going to be at some point, it's going to be this. Like, so good for her. <laughs> I mean, the amount of times that I have screamed to my screen saying, get her, Jade, to her, it's it's been a lot this season. So, <laughs> I listen, that other show, she, she made her money. I wish they could wait her when everyone was fighting. Somebody was just, just somebody had just said, get her, Jade. <laughs> honestly, no! honestly, I think you... You must know someone did, and they they were like, "We're not putting that in there. We're not fitting into it." Yeah. <laughs> well, Zava doesn't seem too keen that she has returned, as she says, "Meh." Okay, okay, we're getting some interesting history here. Jade reveals that they were in a group therapy where they chose who they wanted to shock. Dolly said they would have held the buttons down for all of them. Mm-hmm. Jade shocked Betty the most, and she enjoyed it. Why? Betty chose to share shady information and she's good at talking shit. Now we get Betty back and her ass is still lit up. There aren't much of cheers for her and there is an awkward silence between her and Jade. She's well, but hurt. I, uh... Silence. Silence again. Um, it, it's true. What oh, is Betty just delusional or is she playing for the camera? I feel like she's, I just feel like all drag queens are delusional. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely that. Like, um, you think you're doing so well, and then when you're not, you're like, it's not me making a mistake. <laughs> right. Well, now it's um, down to Mary or Sigourney. The majority wants Sigourney back, but leave it to Zavaleta and Betty to say they want to see Mary back. The drama! Um... Hoso is going to show us that she does in fact know how to talk and says that if Mary comes back, it'll be shocking because she already got away with so much in this competition. Zava tells her to watch her mouth. Why is Zavaleta defending Mary? Haven't they been butting heads all this season? Or again, is that just for the cameras, for airtime? I think it's A, for the cameras and also like Brooklyn drag. I think that that's part of it. Um... Yeah, that's that's my guess, and I think um, don't her and Betty have a uh, have a relationship together, or um, Mary and Betty don't they have a relation? Like they have a friendship, right? So that would make sense why Betty would. Maybe I don't know. Betty says that Sigourney has been given a chance that literally no women are given in the industry, and that was to lead a bunch of drag queens, and she feels that she flopped. Jade will ask her if she and Mary were good teammates. Betty says that Mary wasn't innocent. Well, neither were you, bitch, but okay, go <laughs> off. You, you, you got your feelings. Sigourney arrives, and the beaver is back. She knew she wouldn't go home, even though none of them shocked her. She feels it was more shocking to Mary that she did not shock her. Sigourney says that there is a sigh of relief that Mary is gone, so now they can have a chance to have fun. 
Saint says she likes Mary, but Sigourney was busting her ass and says Sigourney was going to do it all. Um, saying Sigourney was going to do it all was not an excuse for Mary. Zava will say it was a performance challenge and the fact that Mary didn't perform in heels while her toes were numb. No bueno, that's why she should have gone. Have you either of you ever performed in slippers? Not, not yet. Not yet in slippers. <laughs> I will say I did once do a brunch in like docks because my I had broken a toe and so I wasn't in heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it completely changed my performance, like entirely, because my feet were like grounded differently. Um, mm-hmm. So I like, I was like, I have no fucking clue how Mary was able to do that in slippers, but I mean. Barely moved. She barely moved. Just, yeah, truly. Sigourney says it was her time and it was overdue. And the fact that she went on about how much of a professional they are and came unprepared. Hoso says she was messy in the challenge. And Betty will say something that's true, but also not. And that is that she learned that sometimes personality will take you further than uh, any other talent. I think it is true, but in a talent competition, that will just get you screen time, not a win. I mean, isn't screen time the win? I mean, sometimes. Don't you want to make it to the end so you can be on as many episodes as possible? (laughs) Well, I mean, $100,000 is a good prize, too. That's true. Totally. (laughs) But then, like, you can make up for that with, like, the subsequent gigs you get for being in, like, the top three or whatever. Yeah, true. Mm. Zava will call Mary fun. Betty says she was real. And Jade will say her idea of real is funny. And here we go. It is the setup for the rest of the episode. Zavaletta is enjoying the drama between Betty and Jade. Jade says Betty barely knows her. And Betty says that barely, she barely knows anyone. She says she's shady as uh, she will say anything behind her back that she would say to someone's face. We're going to hear Betty say that last week in the cauldron, Jade came back to life. Betty went to her and said, welcome back, bitch. I was talking mad shit about you, which she then claims prompted Jade to snap at her. And Sigourney will now tell us that Betty talks about everyone behind their back. Why does she do this? How does she know? Because she does it with her. I wish we had more more time to see all of this. (laughs) More of like the, like the drama, like the inner workings yeah, of it all. Like show not tell. Like show yeah. me Betty doing this. Yeah, I would or, have clips of her talking shit. Yeah, or it's when the cameras aren't rolling, and uh, that's why you have uh, contestants on ice during um, some other TV shows where you're like, no, you can't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it, this. It, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I could tell that they really wanted to. They like had a decision. They were like, do we either. Yeah, either push this like Betty just in general talking shit arc, or do we push the like Betty was friends with these people that she's suddenly not friends? Because I thought one of the clearest arcs we've seen so far is the friendship between Betty and Jade is like completely mm-hmm. different now. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all this is going on. Hosa's reading the magazine. Dolly can't even get a laugh out of these people. Jade says that Betty's honesty comes off as rude. She says she's a she's just a blunt person, and she says that Jade went from jackal to hide yes miss bitter betty mispronounced jackal as jackal meanwhile it's time for petty betty to come out jade will give the deaf comment and say that betty is so nasty and that she's not someone she would hang around with in real life that's a kind of a personal attack i i i would be um offended if someone said that to me um and jade will then say that betty is a booze hound and we'll get back to that specific comment a little later on in the episode. Jade's going to tell us that 
She is far too emotional to not be an honest person. She may react poorly sometimes, but she tries to put her best foot forward and not engaging in immediate aggression doesn't make her a fake person. The alarm sounds and the drama is put on pause. So, in round one, are you Team Jade or Team Betty? I'm Team Jade. I don't Same. care. Yeah. I, I mean, I've always loved Jade, so I'm, I'm happy. It, it, I mean, she's a very different person than the other show, if you will. Like, But also, like, she, you know, like, things change, especially when you have the kind of exposure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely Team Jade in this case. I agree. All right. Well, this week they will be heading to the high seas for the Ghost Ship of Glamour Challenge. Now, before we begin, do you love the song Wellerman? Isn't it a bop? I was very late to the Sea Shanty TikTok trend, but also why and how did Sea Shanties become a trend? <laughs> I don't know. The internet decides. We just follow. Why, <laughs> why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn it, Sea Shanties. Anyway... They will have to conceptualize and create a glamorous look based on the ghost ship theme. Think luxury cruise liner that was lost at sea, haunted by the dismal souls lost aboard. Glamour is addressed as one of the tenants of Dragula and reminds them that it is absolutely necessary to serve them glamour in abundance. What's the definition of glamour? What, 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 how, what, how do you define glamour? I don't know. You're just going to look expensive, I guess. Yeah, expensive. I would say like effortless opulence. Like, yeah, like looking expensive and looking like you just rolled it. You just rolled out of bed wearing whatever you had. You know what I mean? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that's glamorous. It looks so effortless to be that beautiful. Fair, fair. There is a surprise to the challenge, a.k.a. they have to choreograph and perform a lip sync to the Boulet's new song, Wicked Love, now streaming. Um, cool. The Boulets are in the, the, the RuPaul game of releasing their own music. <laughs> when, when are your albums coming out? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. It'll probably be something that's like some sort of like experimental noise metal that's been recorded in like the bathroom of like some Bushwick bar that I'll get back <laughs> to on that. Amazing. Well, the winner will get a thousand dollars shopping spree to premier products. So nothing to Fangoria. Cool. That's so <laughs> I kind of yeah. I was like, when are we, are we getting a subscription or like anything? No, eh, whatever. Nothing. There is a fright feat this week. Much, they must search for the key to life and death, which is hidden in the boudoir. Whoever finds it will be able to use its power to save themselves from extermination or put someone of their choice up for extermination. Now, listeners, we've seen this before where Dahlia Black found it and caused so much fucking drama as she saved herself, forced Madeline to then be up for extermination and create the fuck the big picture quote. Mm -hmm. So... As much as I hated it in that moment because it ultimately did lead to Madeline leaving early, in my opinion, to give us good drama. How did you feel about the return of this twist? I thought it was great. It brought drama last time. It brought drama this time. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you need to have it. I think it's a wonderful 
like plot device and should be in every season. Like, I don't think we should know when it will happen, but Mm -hmm. it should absolutely happen in every season. Why not? Do you think it should be kind of like on Survivor um, where it's like a hidden immunity idol where it's hidden at the start of the season and like you can be searching for it whenever you want during the season and if you find it, you don't have to tell anyone and then you can use it whenever you want? I mean, that's not a bad idea. I kind of like it being placed at more strategic parts because what if it's like, you're at the top four or something and mm-hmm. like the key could could drastically change like whatever the top three is going to be and like they could like knock out a, a heavy hitter mm-hmm. um or maybe it's like hidden at an extermination challenge so like even if you're in the bottom you have a chance to get to the top i don't know just spitball yeah. ideas out here boule brothers hire me i'm, I'm bored I, I need a job <laughs> come on let's do it um but let's be honest as cool as a twist that it ultimately is, it's how they find it. And I'm sorry, stupid. It was stupid. They head into the boudoir. The race is on. The room is virtually empty. It is war and it's really, really pathetic. Like it is nowhere to be found. They're on the floor. They're checking the photo frames. Are they just dumb? How hard could this be? Obviously we know where it's gonna be. Where would you have looked first? Under tables, where it was found. I mean, but it, I, I think it wasn't like, that's the thing because it was so hard. I, I figured it wasn't like just glued under a table. I figured there was maybe something covering it or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, now they're starting to look and feel under things. And then out of nowhere, Jade reaches under the table and finds it. No rigamorous here. Uh, Betty, you in danger, girl. <laughs> Is Betty worried? She says some things need to be said and Jade goes goes from some things need to be done as she turns the key. Also, speaking of keys, this is my chance to plug Lock and Key on Netflix starring Karn Jessup, who is very sexy. And I just want to remind all the listeners that he looked at my Canada's Drag Race story where I tagged him in my post and said that I wanted to blank him. So that was a cool moment in my life. Um, <laughs> if you haven't watched Lock and Key, it's really cool because these magical keys that make you get to do things and It's a really cool fantasy show. Go watch Hmm. it. He's really cute. Um, Anyway, will Jade use the key? She doesn't know yet. Zava thinks she will save herself and play nice. Dali thinks she will put Betty up for extermination just to show she came here to play. Sigourney sprouted horns and says she thinks this is going to be really good. Jade doesn't want to worry about this challenge and wants to have fun, so she might just save herself. Betty will tell us that even though they are butting heads, she doesn't think Jade will put her out for extermination as she is too worried about playing the goody goody. This has been hmm. a, a plot line that everyone is throwing out there that Jade is really, really worried about her reputation. And Jade has alluded to it. But at what point does Jade just need to say, fuck that? I mean, she's just like stuck in her head, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, think this, I think this episode was a turning point for her. I think we're definitely... I mean, we're either going to see more from Jade or she's going to go home in the next episode. But I, I think, I think this is a good turning point for her. Yeah. Well, as after this moment happens, they're all going to give a plug to the Boulay's new song as they are excited to, and I quote, sing it. Who said that? Bitch, this is a lip sync. You're not singing anything. <laughs> um, Betty wants to stay out of the bottom. Sigourney wants to win. What will happen uh, with this on the nose foreshadowing? I don't know. You just told us exactly what's going to happen. So Betty's going to tell us that she's not good at learning words fast. So she is super nervous and doesn't want to fuck it up. 
Now, obviously, we, we have to compare and contrast the two shows. Drag Race, from what we know, from what the queens have told us, they're given an iPod early once they arrive that has at least the majority of the lip sync songs on there. So they have time during the, at least their quarantine to learn the music. Sometimes a song will be added throughout the competition. Here, it sounds like they got it in a day and they're like, learn a brand new song that you've never heard before. Um, how are you both with learning new music? I'm like fine, but I need like time. Like I can't learn a song in a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's the music makes it easier to remember the words to, with something to attach to it. But um, yeah, that's fair. I like more I'm, time. Meanwhile, if Seraphim was on the Poppy episode, she would have been like, "I already know this. Let's do it." <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was so mad. I wasn't on that episode. I know we missed it by one freaking episode. <laughs> anyway, now to fill up more time in this episode, Jade will tell us that she is ghost obsessed. So much so that she sneaks into cemeteries and smokes out with the truly departed and has a calling of a Long Island medium. How do you now? Jade is now ready to read their fortunes. The lights in the boudoir go to blue and Jade becomes a medium as she brings out electric candles that magically turn on when she snaps her fingers. We love those kind of candles, don't we? I thought it was so cute. This was the goofiest thing I've ever seen and I really wish Jade just had like a full outfit to go with this because this was full camp and it got us to see the lighter side of Jade. Mm-hmm. As yeah. bad and stupid as it was, I kind of enjoyed this moment. I want the show to give more of this. Yeah, I really liked it. I think I think it makes a great contrast between this and like the really gruesome deaths. So I really would love to yeah. see more of. It's interesting because like, I feel when the show started back in season one, um, you know, like obviously the show didn't know what it was, but I think also people didn't know how it was going to set itself apart from other drag competitions and what kind of drag are they looking for? And I think with people like Jade and um, I, I mean, even Bitter Betty in this season, I feel like we're starting to see how, like how Drag Race, like, kind of splintered off into all of these different types of drag you're seeing on Drag Race for the world's next drag superstar. Mm-hmm. Dragula, it's splintering off into these different types of drag for the next drag super monster. So I think that they're they're showing that there's so many different ways you can achieve drag filth horror and glamour. So, yeah. which is exciting. I think that's so fun. And I think this show's really coming into its own. Jade sees breakfast food with Saint. She's seeing eggs and biscuits Will there be stilettos in her future? Shade, 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 shade. Jade <laughs> is feeling 75% off OnlyFans for Dolly. Does Dolly have an OnlyFans? I think so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think so, she does, yeah. Nice. Do either of you have OnlyFans? You need to promote it on the podcast. Not me. No, I'm wearing my merch. I'm more than happy to promote my merch, but <laughs> that's my OnlyFans. Jade, Jade gets nothing for Betty. Zavaletta is actually really good at this too. She's going to ask for Dolly's hand. She asks her to make a fist and says, it'll fit. We love a fisting joke. Who doesn't love <laughs> fisting? And Dolly confirms it will fit. Well, Amazing. they are all dark-sided. It, again, it was this was funny. It was light. Um, it got us to the dark gay humor that we all love and adore. Uh, so I, again, I want more of this. 
but we're it's back to see what the monsters are working on. Sigourney wants to give an illusion of water without getting wet, so she picked fabrics that are iridescent and flowy. Um, she is excited that it's a lip sync challenge that she loves to perform, and it's her strongest suit. Just make sure it's not a group challenge. Hoso says she will not be giving humanoid, but giving you a creature. Not evil monster, but god of the ocean watching over humans. She will be glamorous with grace and very Eastern looking. She will tell us that this is her favorite garment that has ever been put on her body. Get ready for it. Um, <laughs> get ready. Saint, the unspoken fashion queen of the season, is doing a sea captain. We watch her adhering stones to chunks with this chunk stone um, idea that pageant queens do to stone in a hurry. She says, you use beads and smear them on. I like this part of the show when you learn things that you don't know. Have either of you done this, um, this stoning uh, technique before? No, I haven't. Would you no. do it in the future? Oh, yes. yes. Absolutely. More of this. I love this. Jade was inspired by a lounge singer who fell off the ship and covered in coral and barnacles. It reads as being wrapped up in sails, not small and simple. She wants to be present in this competition and have her voice heard. And Betty is inspired by Ghostbusters and wants to be blue and ethereal. She is doing blue scale with blues and grays. She is shredding her gown which, with a serrated knife, which she learned this technique on Google. Thanks, hmm. Google. Um, and just for those who are a little confused about her Ghostbusters reference, I think she's referring to the remake, the female version, because they were all blue. The original version, the ghosts really weren't blue. Are neither of you Ghostbuster fans? Green? Yeah, I mean, because you had Slimer who was green, and then you had the um, the Marshmallow Man or Mary Cherry um, who was all white. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, blue was more from the new Ghostbusters. And speaking uh, of which, there's a brand new Ghostbusters uh, out in theaters, I think, today, actually. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, it is extermination day, um, and Zabaleta's garment is not done, but she is a good performer. So there's that. Um, that was my, oh, sounds familiar. Have, haven't we seen that before in another competition, right? Oh, yeah. Right, Seraphim? I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Betty took Dali's spot because she didn't want to be near Jade. Jade refuses to feed into the drama with Betty. All the laughing has now turned into endless drama. Betty says that they were kind of close, but she is emotionally flipping. She is loyal to a fault, and if you don't reciprocate, she will go for the jugular. I'm a very loyal person, but I think she's just delusional. I, I don't yeah i don't think it was a situation that she was emotionally flipping um but again like i don't know we didn't see all of it so yeah it definitely felt like there was like a lot of and i hated they did this with the bora too talking about like they spent a long time talking about drama that happened like off camera mm -hmm. yes it really makes for like very confusing storylines for the yep. audience <laughs> well mm -hmm. speaking of confusing storylines in the oddest manufactured moment Betty is going to ask Zavaleta to go talk outside of the boudoir. What? They have no relationship up to this point. This makes zero sense. Is Zava really the only person that Betty thinks she has in this moment? Like, good thing this show isn't about voting people out because Betty's the loner. She's got she's she's got no one at this point. But Betty, but Zava doesn't like Jade. So right. I mean, there's that. Exactly. They have something right. in common. 
Now, Zava finishes her Chola eyebrows and walks out. Jade assumes that they're going to talk about her. She doesn't know how to make things better, so she's going to continue to take the beating. Basically, Jade just confirmed that she is, in fact, a sub-bottom. Anyway, uh-huh. Zava is confused. As Betty doesn't talk to her well, that's because she doesn't like her that much, according to Betty. They talk about the fight, and she is distrusting of Jade. Zava tells her to drop it. Let Jade be in her feelings. Friends slap you sometimes. Is that true? Do you slap your friends? Have your friends slapped you? I mean, metaphorically. <laughs> sure, sure. Sure, Jan. <laughs> Jade chats with Dolly, and now I realize the editors needed some setup for this drama that they're going to have later, so they forced both parties to talk about each other without the others present because then they just would have yelled at each other in their boudoir. Come on, mm-hmm. TV. Jade says that she had issues trusting people but she has to keep to herself. Dolly knows she is guarded and calls her a nice feel-good creature. She wants to be a sweet person, but that's because she was an angry person that she is actively has to be positive. People see it as fake, but she's just trying to have good mental health. And I think that is a very important thing to discuss is there are people who I think we've all have called toxically positive before, but you have to remember like that's for some people's mental health. If, if you've been through shit, you can't dwell on the negative. And I think Jade is that kind of person where she's been through shit and making the negative always the forefront. It makes her a miserable person. So you got to uh, accept her positivity. Absolutely. And she opened up about that too on her Instagram, like literally right before the announcement of the casting. Yeah. Betty tells Zavaleta that Jade is worried about how people will see her and she's afraid to be ugly. Betty is glad to show her ass and she is a proud alcoholic. Come on, booze hound. That was the word that was used, not alcoholic. It was booze hound. Different things, right? I guess. (laughs) I don't know. Betty doesn't care that she is blunt and doesn't sugarcoat things. And Zava says, be yourself. If they don't like it, oh well. Jade is just going to ignore it and she is going to focus on the challenge and win shit. Dolly is grateful to be there as the Boulets have thrown them a bone. So once you're in it, you're in it. This isn't going to be forever. And once again, the floor show alarm sounds and I quit. At this point, I just want them to revolt and just sit there and do nothing when the alarm sounds. (laughs) That'll happen. That'll definitely happen. All right. Well, we head to the main stage where the Boulets have very nautical headpieces. Um, We will learn that they are essentially torture devices for them because they don't even like them. But fashion hurts, uglies. Which was kind of hysterical. It's really so funny. They didn't like try it it on. Exactly. That's that was why I was like, they probably just got it that morning. They put it on. They're like, well, we have nothing else for this look. Let's do it. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they had like maybe a fitting, but definitely not like either the final product. So they were like, well, we're stuck in these. Yeah. What do you think it was made of? Oh, I don't know. Something uncomfortable. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I kind of love how those moments where we when you're with the boulets and they're just by themselves and kind of like Stantler and Waldorfing, I kind of really, really love. I think it's- um, you are in the minority on that one. I have gotten so many messages of people hating it. Oh my God. I think they're so off the cuff and like, I feel like off script and for re- like every reality TV show has its very specific script it has to do. And mm-hmm. these are the moments that don't have that. So I love it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I like that we get to like, it's 
they're not reading off of something and it does feel a little bit more natural and they're not as charismatic as RuPaul. So I feel like they really kind of need those moments to like humanize them. I think totally for me, that. the thing totally that I, that. the thing that bothers me is what they tell us is not necessarily what they say to the contestants. And that's my issue is like, at least on drag race, they say the things to the contestants and then they have that little, um, judges only talk with um rue and michelle and whoever the guest judges are for the week so at least what they're saying has already been said to their face like Mm -hmm. we have that instance with mary and with jade where they've like read them to filth and they're like oh now you're safe good job and like but that's not what you just told us what what so that's my issue with it um it's almost like it's a precursor in case the other judges don't agree with them like this is how you're supposed to feel just in case they don't tell you that just my theory out there. But then again, again, I watched Drag Race Italia and they they did this format and it was so jarring to watch Drag Race out of sync. It was like, why are we doing the critiques after you told us who the tops and bottoms were? This doesn't make any sense. Mm. Very weird. Very weird. Anyway, this week on the judges panel, we have Fangoria editor Phil Noble Jr. There we go. There's our tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> took, took to then. And joining them is Hodor. Yes, his name is Christian Nairn. Where's Bran? Why did why was Bran not there? Also, <laughs> um, did he finally get rid of that brat for good? I can't remember. There really was no last season of Game of Thrones, right? I just blocked out that atrocity that they said was the last season. Yeah, yeah. The filming studio didn't have um, wheelchair access. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it would not be shocked. The Globe. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Uh, the floor show is reminiscent of the past where each of the monsters don't have a dedicated block. So we're going to discuss their look and performance with the critiques together in the order that they first appeared on screen. So we're going to go in my order and not in the critique order, if that's okay with y'all. Yeah. All right. In honor of the ghost ship of glamour, we are going to play float or sink. Okay. We All right. right. Starting. We're starting <laughs> off with Sigourney. No designers listed. This is safe. This is very, very, very safe. Um, I think the drapes and the arms looked like sails. They were the best part. The rest left so much to be desired. Her makeup is, again, very subtle from a distance. When you do zoom in, you can see the veins in the face, which was really creepy. Um, I think the cut of the gown is very simple. The wig is very obvious. If this is the look, a look that Sigourney already had, I'd believe you. Drag is expensive. Having one repurposed look a season is okay. I'm just shocked at what the results are ultimately going to be. As far as performance, yes, she is in her wheelhouse. She is a very, very dynamic entertainer. Nancy, what did you think of Sigourney? I I will agree that we are getting similar silhouettes from her previous Mm -hmm. looks. Um, But I will say that her performance was my favorite performing wise of the song like she she it was like it took her two seconds to learn the song she nailed it she was like a true lip syncer with it and it that was beautiful for me so yeah she sold it for me and i think she i think she deserved the win personally but seraphim what'd you think yeah i thought it was um it's a gorgeous look but it's 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 nothing i mean it's kind of what they were all saying like she doesn't really give you anything new totally mm-hmm. totally which is why it's not as exciting as it would be if like this was the first challenge. Sure. Um, that being said, this challenge was like 
meant for her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this was a very Sigourney challenge. Agreed. Yeah, so of course she did great. Um, and I'm I'm completely on board. It's a it's a it's a float for me. Swan says she had one of the strongest lip syncs of the night. She rolled out on the stage like a storm, and she delivered the song in the tone that the song was written in. Hodor reveals that he's not just an actor or brand's bitch, but he started his career being a drag artist as Ireland's first drag monster. He was blown away by her. She reminded him of a Kate Bush video. And Drax says she was a glamour ghost, and as far as her performance, she delivered it in the style they designed it to be. It's a very, very, very safe float for me as well. Nancy, where are you going? Float or sink? Wait, who, wait, which one? Sigourney. We're still on oh, Sigourney. Oh, still on Sigourney. Oh, oh yeah, it was a float for me. It was a float for me. I mean, Audience, I, again, yeah. it was, again, it was her performance that sold it for me, but yeah. Audience agrees. 73% float, 27% sink. Next, we have Jay Jolie. Hair by Lyra So Naughty, Jewels by Leah Halston. I think I see Lounge Singer, but it's not as present as I would have hoped. Jade is a drag queen. She has polish and performance. There isn't an edge. I mean, it was a stone bodysuit and I was bored. She's going to be consistent and entertaining. And it's almost as if she was kind of like meant for drag race. I don't know. Seraphim, what did you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it's very like pageanty and cutesy and it's a bodysuit and it doesn't it's I feel like it's neither like fulfilling like what she's trying to be like make a look more dragula um mm-hmm. and it's also not giving like actual glamour either like I feel like she really missed it on both parts yeah um, yeah Nancy um yeah I liked it I agree I think I wanted more from it I do see lounge singer I kind of wish she did a little more with the barnacles um mm-hmm. I really love that accent and that detail and um I kind of wanted to, yeah, I think I wanted to see more from that. Like, what if the barnacles were her, like, that flowy fabric piece? Or what if that was what her earrings were? Like, some sort of, like, detail like that just versus an accent piece, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, to to really hit home with that story. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it, per se. There was a moment where I think Sigourney was uh, on screen and then it went to Jade like right behind her. And, and because of the lighting, I was like, are they wearing the same wig? It is literally the same style. Um, but alas, it was not the same wig. That, w- that would be hilarious if, if Queens had to share wigs. Um, what a moment yeah. that would be. But um, for me, this is a sink. It didn't, it, didn't hit, it didn't hit it for me. Yeah, it's a sink for me as well. Um, yeah... I love Jade, and I love her looks this season, but this one is a sink. Audience, 41% float, 59% sink. Next up, we have Hoso. No designers listed. Uh, She looked like a fish. I missed the reference. I would have loved to know more about the reference, but to an ignorant Westerner, it didn't click. We've seen Hoso go bold. This was a risk that I don't think paid off the way she wanted it to. Also... I mean, the bald cap wasn't even flat on her head. When it comes to performance, the face that Hoso painted allowed for so much expression. But that's all I got. Nancy, what did you feel about Hoso's look and performance? I think um, 
I think that I wish I knew more about the original reference as well um, to understand this more fully. I love I, I love the garment. I think it's so fun and I love her hair. It is a completely different silhouette than what anyone else is giving. And so mm -hmm. I truly appreciate that she did something so drastically different. Um, and I think it all, it, it, you know, she fits in the, in the story, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, it just wasn't what the judges wanted. And, and yeah, she, she sank with it. I, I, yeah, she sank with it. Seraphim is Hoso just a new Pokemon. Is that what we're getting here? <laughs> I was like, why does she look like Bomberman? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I... When I started this episode, I was like, I was like, I'm nervous for Hoso. And my roommates were like, why? And I was like, I was like, because I don't know if she does glamour. And then I was right. It um I I agree with y'all. I wish like they had explained more like what the original reference was. Because they they didn't really at all. And they Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of just a it's a miss for me. So it's it's a sink for me also. And I believe on their Instagram, um, they did this is an older garment, it looks like that um she brought to the show. Um, and there kind of was a bit of an explanation. Um, but yeah, I, oh. I, I still want more. I still I still need more of a story, but Hodor was confused at the look, but her performance was committed, and that is the most important thing. Swan says there wasn't a lot of glamour. She appreci appreciates the cultural sensibilities, but the glamour portion was a miss. Phil was taken by the narrative with the emotion of the story. If glamour were the marching orders, she went another way. Drac asks how she feels about the glamour. She says it's the most glamour she felt all competition. She tried to portray a godly being, and this is representative of it, it so well. Drac says... They love the interpretation and that she feels glamorous, but she's missing the literal glamour from the look. Mm -hmm. I also am a sink, and the audience agrees. They are 23% float, 77% sink. All right. Yeah. Bitter Betty. Hair and look by Betty. Jewels by Rocks by Cox. Um, not a name I thought I was going to be saying on the Dragula podcast, but we love Rocks by Cox. Anyway, um, the challenge was glamour, and you cannot deny that she served you glamour. Was it on the safe side a bit? Surely. But she had a stunning wig. The makeup was monochromatically right. She had the pieces and elements that created, coincidentally, a lounge singer like Jade. Um, I think the pearls were perfect. If she were on the Titanic, I would have believed you. I think her performance was very subtle. And having a microphone, I do think, worked to her advantage. You can't fault her for using it if she did not know the words. Seraphim, what did you think? Um... I mean, I guess of all the looks that she served, I honestly thought it was like one of her better ones, maybe if not the best. Um, I, yeah, I think like she's one of the few people I think on the cast who actually served Glamour. Mm -hmm. um, it's not my cup of tea. Like, I don't really like it, but like, I will say like she did it better than most other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nancy? I mean, she looks like a lounge singer, but that's it. She doesn't look like a ghost ship lounge singer. I, I, I think she really hits, I, I, I to, to give you an underwater metaphor, I don't think she broke the surface with this look. Um, <laughs> and I don't think we saw much of that from her looks. I mean, 
I wish that because she says like she's like, oh, I wanted to break the pearls and they didn't break, which I would have loved to see that. I thought that would have been great for the for the number. I think sure you can't falter if she doesn't know the words, but I mean, to an extent, like that's the challenge. And if you don't know the words, then you're going to be that's going to be a strike against you. Like, I don't know. I mean, remember you've got to know the, some of the words. Remember that Valentina girl? Yeah. And well, we saw what happened to her. Like, I don't know. Well, Phil loved that she made monochromatic choices working with one color palette down to the accessories. Hodor loved the pearls moment. Betty said she was hoping they would tear, but it was too well made. Drax says if you use a prop on stage, make sure it works. Swan noticed some mishaps in the lip sync and used the microphone to cover the mishaps. When it comes to body makeup, the details are behind the arms and when she gloves move, the pearls removed showed a flaw in the makeup. I'm going to give her a pass here. I will give her a float. Um, but maybe it's just me being one nice to her one last time. I'll give her a sink. She sank. I, I will I will say too the the theatrical thing, like the boulets, if you have a prop that doesn't work, the boulets are gonna like kill you for it. Cause that yep. happened to Zavaletta. So I mean mm-hmm. that I if you the floor show is so important to them and that theatricality to stage drag is so important. So if you don't do it, I mean, they're not gonna be happy. It's true. Seraphim, where are you going? Float or sink? I'm gonna say... Say sink. All right. Audience, 64% float, 36% sink. Next up is Zavaleta, a look by Alex Dymek. This was not good. I see glamour, but I don't see ghosts. It didn't go far enough. There are some strong elements. There is a fashion layer to the look. The hair is very period and a wonderful change for her that shows that she can use versatility in this competition. But this is a challenge where you can explore a haunting look in the face. The blue eyeshadow did not achieve the brief. There was a lot of repetition in a performance, or at least that was what was shown to us. Um, there needed to be a bit more dynamic movement to sell the garment that we just didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. Seraphim, what did you think? I liked the outfit, honestly. I thought it was decent. Um, I thought it was a little simple, but I also think like most of Zelda's looks are simple, um, which also, again, just kind of has, probably has a lot to do with just not having as much money as some of these mm-hmm. other contenders. Yeah. Ruiz literally gave Saint $20,000, like, it's, it's not like, and like fucking Dolly's been touring since like 2005. <laughs> like, like these people have more money than like some broken. And money. also for Bitter too. I mean, Bitter said on her social that she, like Bitter Betty was a quarantine creation. Like she's been doing drag for like 20 plus years, but this specific avenue for her for drag is very new. So I think that was interesting to watch her drag take on a new form so publicly. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this look, Nancy? Um, I agree. I think I, I wanted more from it. I, I love I love the shape of it. I love the hair. I love the, the fabric. I love how it fits. I love how she wears it. I wanted something different for the makeup as well. I see where she's going, but I wanted something a little more ghosty and not like this is my cute makeup that's inspired by ghosts. Um, again, I think that was the thing. It's the same with Jade. 
I wanted more from their looks to tell the story, excuse me, to, to create the characterization instead of just um, being inspired by it, if that makes sense. I wanted yeah. something a little more to the point. Um, but it was a cute look. Um, Jack said but, the tone of the song yeah. is a little slower and felt she was too fast at the beginning. It was a choice, but she would have liked to see it slower. She says she looked fantastic and loves the jewels on her hands. Bill says he can't get enough about the nails and wish the rest of the outfit was on that level. It wasn't Dang. as big as her colleagues. Hodor says that, that, that she should make character choices in each performance. And when you hear specific words in a song, act what the word means. Swan says she was just the girl trapped beneath the waves. There was a disconnect between her energy and the intent of the song. I'm going to give it a sink. It's a float for me. I liked it. I think she's just floating for me. The audience was 29% float, 71% sink. So they were really not on board on this one. Next up is Dolly. No designers listed. I think this look is all about the garment and that porthole belt. I know there are significant differences to the look, but the character reads similar to the Western look when it comes to the silhouette and the characterization. The makeup was strong, but I don't know if I would have pink picked pink for the accents. It's the C. It's nautical. Stick to the cooler color palette. Um, we didn't really get to see much from Dali, and I think that was an editing choice. But we did what we did see was a lot of intensity in the face and the lip sync, but nothing when it came to the movement. Mm -hmm. Sarah um, what did you think? Even his movements, like during Resurrection, they were kind of like planted in one spot. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know. I kind of feel like he doesn't always do like a great job on the floor stage, but they would really like him, so they kind of hide it. They edit around it. Yeah. The look itself is fine. I, I like it. It's a, you know, it's good for me. It's better than some people's. You can do that makeup now with your mustache. I could. <laughs> Nancy, what yeah. do you think? Um, yeah, definitely one of the better looks. Um, much more original. Um, not totally understanding the makeup as well um, with this, but I... I mean, I mean, that's what makes it very Dali for the whole thing. But, um, and I thought the light up belt was really cool. Um, and a very original idea to just be the ship. I thought that that was yeah. really fun. Um, but yeah, also performance, not the best, not my favorite performance of the night, I'll say, um, either. Drax says they did a fantastic job with the lip sync. Okay, sure, if that's what you tell us. Uh, mm. Phil says he could see this character with a film franchise. Hodor is lost for words. They came as a literal boat. He says the lip sync was flawless with attitude and he was gooped. Swan thinks the mustache is pretty and says the porthole buckle is the moment. Lighting up was a pleasant surprise. I think, I think Dolly is always going to give you a good look and it is a float. Um, I'm just now at the same point, kind of with Sigourney. Wow me. Give me something that I'm mm -hmm. going to be blown away by. So um, Dolly's doing well. It's a float for me. Yeah, same here. Yeah, definitely a float. Definitely a float. But like, yeah, let's see more. <laughs> yeah. Audience, 86% float, 14% sink. And finally, we have Saint. 
Look in Hat by Lestat Couture, Hair by Atlas. Um, this was very cool and I think had the potential to be the winner, but I don't believe it was fully realized. I love the waist up, the makeup paired with the wig and the hat told the story of a sea captain. It's distressed perfectly. The color palette is appropriate. The high-waisted trousers are so unique and something we never really see, but it was flat, plain white. There was no distressing and it felt wrong compared to the top portion of the look that had so much story and so much detailing. I needed some whips of decay on those pants. And again, I wish Saint would have moved more. Um, she was quite stationary in performance. Nancy, thoughts on Saint? It was that was my favorite look of the whole thing. Um, and honestly, it just shows how Saint is is, I mean, she is pushing so hard this season. You could see how hard she has worked and how much time and effort she has put into every single look that she has brought. Um and all of the risks that she takes, like when she came out as the cow, for instance. So I think she's really like committing and trying. Um, yeah. I agree. Yeah, sure. I would. I think if we had a little bit more detailing on the pants, sure. But I thought it was so fucking cool. And it's my favorite look. Absolutely. Seraphim. And the cane. And the cane. Like, it's amazing. I love it. Such a dandy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Oh, well, my God. I just like it's like done fine. I just like don't like the look overall. Like I don't like that steampunky kind of Willy Wonka looking ass thing. Like uh -huh. I don't like. <laughs> Good thing I didn't put my uh, steampunk challenge into iconics for your season. <laughs> Lol. I don't like it. Like I think it's done fine. I just don't enjoy it. That's fair. Uh, That's absolutely fair. Uh, Phil loves that the look is a member of the crew. Uh, he says the movement reminded him of the German silent horror films. Well, Swan says it is a fabulous fashion from the cut of the coat to the high waist to the buttons. She wants to see more expression in her movement. Hodor says it was hard to see her facial expressions behind the wig. He also has an issue with the shoes, which he didn't like at all. Drac could have used more energy in the performance and might be her Achilles heel. Um, I liked it. I'll give it a float. A float. Absolute float. I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> the audience, I think it was their favorite look of the week. 91% float, 9% sink. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. We kind of already discussed about the Boulay's check-ins. Um, obviously, I'm the minority on this podcast, so that's fine. We love disagreements because that's, that's, that's the beauty of, um, of drag and, 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 and art, and it's all subjective, and we all have our opinions. But it's time to decide what Jade will do with the key of life and death. Jade will put Betty up for extermination. She feels she is coasting. With Betty automatically in extermination, we learn that Jade would have been the top of the bottom and thus the rankings have shifted and she is safe. What did you think of Jade's decision? I mean, it's Jade. I think what Jade would have gone home. If, if Jade didn't do that, Jade would have gone home in this episode. And, um, I think her sending Betty home was great TV. Um, yes. And I think it's either, I think we're either seeing a major turning point for Jade for the rest of the season and she's going to be a power player or she's going to go home next episode. I, so, but I love that we're seeing more from her and um, 
and that we're getting we're she she's got a fire under her ass at this point which is great yeah Sarah from what did you think um I thought it was necessary I do agree that like I think if she didn't do it she'd probably go home mm-hmm. uh, I think they made good tv and it was it was the drama that I asked for absolutely something yeah Saint Dolly they are safe Sigourney will win the challenge with Betty Zavaleta and Hoso up for extermination. All right, let's discuss it. As much as I love Sigourney, I don't think she won. I think the look really pulled her back for me. I think it was good. It was just not exciting because it was just the same thing we've seen every week. Like, I think it was looking for the challenge. I think it was the most appropriate. Yeah, if we get something like this from her again, I don't think that's going to spell well for her, but yeah, it was cute. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely very interesting to see her win. I do think this is maybe, was maybe overall the weakest floor show we've had this season because mm-hmm. um, we've had some extremely good ones, um, like some of the best in franchise history. Um, and that's okay. You're allowed to have one bad floor show in this in, in a season. Um, and I think this one was it. But like you said earlier, Nancy, I think this one, this challenge was catered for Sigourney and there kind of was no way out of giving her the win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, for this week's extermination, they will be taken out to sea where they will be submerged in the waters of the ocean where they will be photographed with special spectral photography cameras. If they give good face and model under duress, if they can't, they will be sucked into the deep, dark, watery grave. We will save the execution of this extermination when we get to it. Save your comments. If you can't tell my by my tone, I am very disappointed. I am furious at this extermination challenge. But we got some drama to talk about first. Are you ready? Are you ready to dive into this? Mm-hmm. All right. We head to the cauldron and we have one of the best moments of editing this show has ever done. We have a cacophony of voices yelling, talking loud with an underscoring of classic music. What is about to happen? <laughs> I was screaming. I was like, this is, I, I don't know it. what they're about to do. This was so fun. That um, is beautiful. It was yeah. so perfect. It was really beautiful. Because you got the little foreshadowing of each moment you're going to hear. You have like this classic music that is just so peaceful and calm. And Dolly's like, what the fuck is going on? All right. So as Dolly says, this call, today's cauldron is a big fucking hot mess. We have Saint completely upset about their critiques, even though they're in the top. Hoso thinking it's a complete bullshit. Nobody's congratulating Sigourney on her win and whatever the fuck Jade and Zavaleta are doing. Let's take a look at how it all started, shall we? All right, so Betty knows that her fate may be sealed since Jade put her in the bottom. Betty shares with the group what the extermination is and Jade snarkily says, it's like they sent you on a vacation, kind of. I mean, she's not wrong. She didn't know that, but she's not really wrong there. Yeah. Was this enough to trigger Betty, though? It set her off so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I Don't try to be nasty and then be like, ha it's like I did you a favor. Ha ha ha. Right. <laughs> Saint is in her feelings and is like, Sigourney, you did well and it's like fashion, but I'm showing up at 250% and it's being met with you missing the mark. 
Hoso gets where Satan's coming from, but when you're complaining when you're a top and there are bottoms, not really a good look. I like mean, we've yeah. never really seen Saint be a whiner, but she was it whiner. was like milk. It was like milk from All Stars. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah, it was very much like that. And it's like, girl, you're fine. Like Jesus. Yeah. So Saint Saint's then going to say that she's putting in more work than somebody. No shade to you, Sigourney. And then you get Betty chiming in that it's true. She claims she has changed everything about herself since the beginning. Zava says she shows she's shown horror, filth, and glamour. And all Sigourney is doing is glamour, glamour, glamour. I guess drag is art, and art is subjective. Doesn't extend to the monsters discussing each other. Yeah. I know they're all like real gatekeepy of each other's drag. It's like, wild. I would be like taken up with the boulets. Like they're the one who keep like crowning me. <laughs> yeah. It was very, very, very wild. But according to Zavaletta, all the glamour girls do is put in two white contacts and they're spooky. Oh, I, thought, God, I loved that read. I uh, loved that read. That's very like. Oh, I was like going to say, that's anything? very October in Manhattan. Like, I, that's what I was that like, is. do we want to say names? Should we, should we call anybody out? <laughs> no, I'll oh. refrain. Well, she still doesn't think Sigourney should have won as they're done with the same silhouette. But I don't think that's the word I think she was looking for because her silhouettes kind of have been different, especially going back to the uh, Monsters of Rock challenge. Like, that was a very different silhouette than this one. Um, for so, Sigourney? Like, yeah. I think yeah, somebody has totally. been giving different silhouettes, but I understand where Zavala is coming from. She just used the wrong word to describe what she was trying to say. Mm -hmm. All right. Jade tries to tell Betty that she did what she did and said what she said as she was telling the truth. And Betty jabs back that she's proud of her for showing the real her stepping on others to get ahead. As Jade says, some girls are just delusional. All right, in this moment, are we Team Jade or are we Team Betty? I'm still Team Jade. Yeah, I'm still Team Jade. I thought she did. It was a really cut move, and I loved it with the keys. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Betty will say that she's had an upward trajectory while Jade has been safe the entire time. And Jade tries to point out when Betty was in the bottom and how all she did was fuel Mary's fire. And then you get the voice of Hoso chiming in, asking to not talk about that anymore. Do we think that's just been all they've been discussing since last episode i mean her feelings also That's what she's yeah saying. yeah but i feel like we're gonna hear about mary for like the rest of the season like oh, of just, course yeah so this is gonna prompt dolly to take hoso away sigourney and jade walk away and betty is now bitching to zavaleta that she shouldn't even be there she was put there by a bitch now, Hoso is going to say that she's never been this mad ever, and that's bullshit. It's such bullshit. She even says it in Korean. That's how much bullshit was going on here. I loved it. Zava will gossip with Betty and say that she doesn't see Hoso as glamour. She still thinks she should have won. Um, Zava will say it is ghost ship. Hoso goes on to say, in her mind it was, and she's not going to talk about other people when she's angry, because then she gets mean. She's not going to put other people down. Sigourney, congratulations, but, wow, it lasted a sentence. She's not going to put anyone down, but she literally just started to. Yeah. I kind of like the side of Hoso getting crazy. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to see this from Hoso. And I feel like this was a great moment for just kind of like the cast as a whole that they all started to like really show their claws. And I'm excited to see what this creates for the rest of this this show. Yeah. So yeah. Saint apologizes to Sigourney that this shouldn't be happening when she just won. Dolly tells Jade that she wouldn't have been in the bottom. Jade just wants to have fun. And Dolly is like, but you pulled the padge a little bit. She's not wrong. Yeah. Also thinks she shouldn't be in the bottom. So Zava is like, who should be? Name it. And she tells it straight to Betty's face that it should be her because it's underwhelming. She finally found her voice after five episodes. Good for mm-hmm. you, Hoso. And even also, Bitter this whole time was like, I'm glad they're all finding their voice. They're just all targeting at me. <laughs> right? Hoso also wasn't impressed with Sigourney's look. And she'll say it to her face if she's comfortable with that. Uh, that was my favorite part. It was like, you're trying to be congenial, and, but you're going to tell her she's terrible. Yeah. Um, Betty claims that she is taking risks every week. And Zava is like, it's competition. You're in danger, girl. And Betty goes on to say that was that she was that, referring to Sigourney before she came there. Zavaleta cackles. Sigourney takes major offense and says that she didn't have to come in there and change everything to fit in, to which Hoso starts saying, I was talking, chanting out of nowhere. And then she goes, all right, fuck y'all, I'm not talking. Again, Hoso (laughs) is the gift that keeps on giving in this moment. Yeah, it was just so unexpected, so funny. She was so pressed. Yes, Zava is still trying to egg Sigourney on and asks her where the horror and filth is. To which Jade chimes in from across the room and asks Betty to confirm that didn't she want to be copying Sigourney when she created Bitter Betty? That was the moment I think Betty was done. She was like, "How dare you!" That had to have been a conversation that they had at some point, right? So funny. I'm guessing. Yeah. Zavaleta thinks she can tell Jade to not start with the drama again because she loves to do this. Aren't you doing the same thing? Aren't you the one antagonizing the the girl also? Jade will say that she doesn't want to act like Zavaleta and then that strikes a chord in Zava. So Zava makes it personal and tells her to stop doing Taylor Swift because it looks cheap. I mean, say what you want about Jade and Taylor Swift, but I'm pretty sure she got a got paid a pretty penny for that music video and John Travolta did confuse Taylor Swift with Jay Jolie on stage. <laughs> so I think it's okay um, for Jay to be Taylor Swift, right? Yeah, well, she was like, go back to your Taylor Swift. Yeah. And then Jade was like, no, fuck you. Yeah. I love it. Then continue to tell Jade that her fabric was cheap and $2 and her look looks like John Galliano. And the bitch fest continues as Jade is semi-mellow in her tone. Zava is getting heated. She says that Betty comes and checks in on her while she is fake, to which Jade tells her that Zava just picks and chooses who she wants to align with, which is kind of true. Yeah. They start mocking each other, and it is very childish. Dolly is giving us the confessionals being like, "I, no, this has never happened on the show. And now we're back to Hoso, who straight up tells Sigourney that she was not impressed in detail this time. Dali tries to tell her that they are going to be friends after this, and Hosu is just like, I'm trying not to get angry. Sigourney doesn't understand why when someone gets mad, it's her target. It's always on her. But the pressure has gotten to them. It's showing their worst sides. But thanks for tuning in to this week's Cauldron. Let's head to the beach. Is this the best Cauldron post-judging um, we've ever had on this show? It's got to be, right? 
I, I think it was uh, it, I, it was definitely one of the best, one of the most entertaining. That's mm-hmm. for certain. Um, yeah. The editing was right. Yeah. Yes. I yes. think there could have been other moments that could have been better had there been better editing for them. I don't think this was like the best drama specifically, but I do think it, it was um, well done. Yeah, the, the editing what, was spot on. One of the things that came out of this too was a, an alliance and like a friendship between Dolly and uh, Jade. So I'm really interested mm-hmm. to see where that goes in the next yeah. couple of episodes as well. Now, I feel like some of these contestants, maybe all of them, I would, I think if I were them, I would have had a hard time watching this scene back. Um, it, it was very difficult to see the ugly sides come out um, because let's be honest, they, they, they have probably all made up. They, they realize it is the pressure cooker. Um, but TV, they, they, yeah. Yeah, things did get personal and that's, that's always hard to know that you made it personal and then having, because in reality, you, you say something personal to someone, you move on because you don't, there's no cameras there. But mm-hmm. t- reality TV, it, it, you're, it's always going to be there. You're going to have the fans always showing you that was there. So, yeah. All right. Well, we get some crashing waves, and I kid you not, they're literally fucking doing a photo shoot. This, this was the extermination challenge. Again, like I said, congrats. You lose, so you get a photo shoot, a free photo shoot. Um, can one of you please explain this fuckery? I mean, it was like, you know, you have to be the best in the photo shoot. So like, that was part of it. I think that, um, I kind of wish that there were some more waves. I wish that the, the water was a bit more like detrimental to their actual shoots, but I still love that they got something really fierce out of it. I think that that was really fun. Um, I will say it definitely makes the, um, the, I feel like the linearity of the extermination challenges are like this. I was wondering if, if there'd be more of like an upward arc if they get worse and worse and worse, but they've been like literally like this the whole time. So I'm very interested to see what that means for the rest of the rest of the season. But like, I was like, maybe it's cold. And then I was like, no, it's, they like filmed this in like California. Yeah, this is like, in LA. Like, like- <laughs> Like it was probably refreshing. <laughs> yes, I, I, here here's the one thing that I'm going to potentially say in in favor to the show. Maybe there were limitations due to COVID um, that there was only so much they can do, but they this was a cop out. They didn't even get underwater. There wasn't even like photo shooting underwater. I know. Um, I wanted some underwater worst, stuff. The worst part was, oh no, their garments need to get dry cleaned because they got salt water on it. Fuck off. <laughs> like, like, listen, Valencia got exterminated for not jumping out of a plane, and these bitches did a photo shoot. It's <laughs> not equal. It's I mean, not the first equal. episode's always harder. But even like jumping out of a plane is, I think, part of it's like she's like so incredibly safe. Like Erica Clash got needles put through her. Like I know, but like, it's about fear. Like that's what, like even being buried alive, you're you're tapping into fear. True. Where is the fear here? What what yeah. what fear? Unless you're like fearful of the ocean, fine. And then maybe that's what it was. But that's not the narrative we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's interesting to me too with that is I think. With the fear part, I feel like they try to create challenges that are based around the fears of their 
contestants. And so if it like doesn't line up with the fear of that particular contestant, like if that contestant did it really well, didn't necessarily go into the extermination, they're like, well, fuck, what do we do now? <laughs> so yeah, like, I feel like that was part of me- it. If you told me that they all couldn't swim and that was the narrative here, okay, fine. I'm, I'll buy it a little bit, but no. Mm-mm. I mean, I guess I get it because it's like the challenge was glamour. And so like the extermination mm-hmm. challenge is also glamour. Also glamour. That's true. That's true. And get them deeper in that water. Let let them get neck deep. Let me see your, your drowning face. I don't know. Uh-huh. I, I, this, this is where I am. And listeners, if you agree great if you don't agree great let us know because i'm really curious um because i have gotten a lot of messages from people being like what is happening like mm. the show was so good and then you end with this and then we have I mean, the death it's, scene it's to be expected when a show gets more like funding and like things like that Fair. um the death scene we're back on the beach like in the movie and we see betty just laying on the beach like a beached whale she looks oh. around for everyone and no one is around she picks up that shell phone, listens in, and eventually dies and gets washed away into the ocean as the menacing boule ghosts appear. Mm-hmm. I will say this too. One thing that the boules are really doing with this particular season for horror versus in previous seasons where they were like slasher, slasher, gore, gore. And this mm-hmm. season, they're really paying an homage to all different types of horror and you know, not all horror is gore. So I think that there was something really beautiful and glamorous to Betty's death that I really liked. So I, mean, I will I know say that. Was, I, I know it was ghost shit, but when you talk about horror and ocean and water, go find Jaws, go find the mechanical shark at the Universal lot and go get Jaws eating Betty. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah, well, we got that with, um, we got that with uh, the Nosferatu beach party and we got that with Coco's death uh, uh, during the Wild West, which was incredible. But she incredible. didn't even film her own death. She didn't even film her own death. No, I was oh, like, yeah. They, I know. I thought that was fun, but it was a beautiful uh, effects they made for that. That was it really is. Gorgeous. It is true. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. What is Betty's legacy? On the show? Yeah. Oh boy. Is it delusion? Is that what it is? I mean, she was a cast member. She was, I mean, she she was beautiful. She had beautiful looks. Like you can't you can't deny that her looks weren't good. Um <laughs> no, I think that she definitely had some really beautiful looks. I don't think they necessarily went as far or broke the surface in the challenge as the Boulets wanted, but like she still looked beautiful. Her her Wild West look was gorgeous. Yeah. Um I really liked the Elvira look as an Elvira look. You know, so I mean, she she knows what she's doing and I I am excited to see what this means for Bitter Betty post Dragula. I'm sure. very excited to see, like in an Erica Clash moment, I'm really excited to see how this takes her drag and what direction does this take her drag. So that's totally. fine. I think for me, um, as much as I didn't really um, care for her as a TV character and the things that came out of her mouth, I would, if, if they were to do Resurrection 2, Betty is someone I want to see again. I want to see how she's grown Absolutely. since this experience. 
So in that respect, I think she does have um, a future within the franchise. Was it one of those things where I'm going to, this is terrible and I don't mean it to be a read, but was she like the Serena Chacha of this season where she was just way too young to, and uh, inexperienced in Dragula and monster drag to be on the show? Maybe, uh, maybe. I but- think Astrid took the Serena title. I think Astrid Ooh. did. <laughs> Interesting. Well, who's going to be exterminated next? Nancy, I think you kind of alluded to it, and I think I'm on the same page with you. Um, I think it really might be Jade, unless she pulls something amazing out. I, I don't, there's no more safety. There's no one else to hide behind. Yeah, I don't want it to be Jade, but because I really like I really like her work and I really like where she's going in this far in the season, but I don't know. What are we at? Six left or the top six? You got six. Yeah. Nobody else I want out before Jade. Totally. Yeah. Totally that. If uh, someone does go before Jade, I think it would be a massive shock. And um, But we'll see. Maybe, maybe the next challenge, whatever it may be, could be um, incredible for, I don't know. It would definitely be a shock. That is for certain. Well, after five episodes, the winner of the season is... I'm still saying it's it's Sigourney. I think it's going to go to Sigourney. I think so, too. They're really giving us an arc for Sigourney to love her and to see her as um, a punching bag and as an underdog, but she's proving that she is a great artist and and a great monster and a great fit for their brand and i think um she deserves a win if she does win uh, at, mm-hmm. at this point um i don't see it being zavaleta i still don't think they they see this um the star out of her fully i think hoso is not being shown enough on screen which is making me yeah. forget it's not there Dali, I'm still like if they give it to Dali after missing that first episode, I might be upset and put an asterisk next to him. And Saint, I think there 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 could have been a story there, but um, again, they're giving Saint critiques in a way that they're not giving Sigourney. So I think it is lying to Sigourney right now. Yeah, and I feel like too we've we've already seen so much of Dali and, and Saint in previous seasons. I feel like um, I don't know. That's usually what. That's usually what happens with, with, I feel like we see it. It's like the ginger minge edit. Like they bring the, they bring people back cause they know they're good TV and they're also going to be incredible and yeah. they're going to go far, go far, go far. But I don't think in the end they are going to take that win. So, yeah. Well, we love to do little mini extermination challenges and because we're, um, not together we're going to do we, we do them um kind of like a truth or dare style thing so this one is more of a dare um and it's kind of slightly um uh inspired by this week's extermination challenge i would like you both to post your most embarrassing photo on instagram and tag us all on it so we can share it um i was like yeah or facebook wherever you want to do it um, but I was like, this, this, this real extermination challenge was a bust. Let's see your embarrassing mm. photos. So take the night, think of something funny to post, um, or I'll, I'll find something somewhere for both of you. I'll, I'll dive <laughs> back into the archives. <laughs> I've got lots of photos of me. I'm ready. This is my moment. This is I was your moment. Say where? 
Where is there a bad photo of me? Of course. <laughs> well, where can we find you both on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Um, Nancy, you go. I'll go first. Um, you can find me on Instagram at she's up to no good and Twitter and Venmo at Nancy No Good. Um, I would say fun projects to plug. I mean, just keep on the lookout. I'm doing a lot in 2022 that I'm, I'm putting in the running for a lot of like bigger pieces that are um, taking me in, in different parts of the city and potentially internationally. So um, keep your fingers crossed for that. And also at the link in my bio on my Instagram, you can buy my merch where proceeds go to benefit underserved communities in Detroit, Michigan experience theater. Amazing. Thank you. And Seraphim. You can find me on hiatus until 2022. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm, it's, I'm, didn't want to do drag until like I wanted to do drag again and I um, I'm getting the the urge and like DC's lifting their mask mandates and so like I don't know the the stars are aligning um cute where 2022 I'm gonna shave my little mustache and Seraphim's gonna come back full full upper lip yes (laughs) well it was a pleasure having you both on the podcast likewise thank you so much the biggest thanks to Seraphim and Nancy for coming on. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 